with us on a journey into the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable. We will test your senses and challenge your beliefs. A world where science and religion clash. Or do they? You will meet real people and hear real stories, but you will not believe. You will witness strange sights and hear strange sounds, but you will not believe. This is the New England Ghost Project. Welcome to the Nightmare. Good morning, good afternoon, good day. Welcome to Ghost Chronicles. What are we? Next Generation. I am Ron Kolick, and you are not. So uh, we're waiting for our guests to come in, uh, Victoria Bell from the uh, new movie is about to be released called Air to the Witch. So while uh, we wait to bring her on, uh, I thought I'd talk a little bit about uh, dreams because I, I don't know if you are, but I am a avid dreamer. I have a lot of dreams and I remember them a lot. And it's really funny because um, my mom, who passed away close to 100, uh, she one night she was uh, in a re, uh, she had been sick and she was in a, a home for a little while. And one night I, I closed the place. Uh, I actually uh, was sitting on a bed and we talking to her for quite a long time. And she told me something that I wasn't aware of. And that's that my great grandfather. So yeah, my grandfather's father, uh, or was it my grandmother's father? Well, whatever. Anyway, in Poland, uh, he used to be in the in the town, and when someone died in the town, they would go to him, and uh, he would dream about the person that night and bring messages. Uh, to the the loved ones, uh, so I had never heard of that or uh, before. But so, anyways, I'm a, like I said, I'm an avid dreamer. I even do uh, daydreaming, as daydreaming mean uh, I'm awake, and I don't mean like I'm sleeping or anything. I'm actually awake, but I'm actually somewhere else. Uh, I can hear sounds. I can see things vividly. Uh, a lot of ancient structures and stuff appear in these dreams, uh, daydreams, but it can be just about anything. Uh, anyways, so I thought I'd take a look at dream while waiting for our guest. And these are uh, 10 astonishing facts about dreams that you didn't know about. Your brain is active when you dream. Of course it is, I know that. Studies have provided evidence suggesting that tremendous variations in brain activity during sleep. That's why, you know, see a lot of people that are like moving around and everything. This has been demonstrated using EEG technology. Scientists have identified distinct stages of sleep characterized by difference of brain activities. Stages one, two, three, four, and finally, the one we all know about, the final stage, which is labeled rapid eye movement or REM sleep. When... Uh, when we are waking during REM sleep, subjects report dreaming with 
Okay, well, if we get it, we get it. Um, with the development of uh, new brain activity uh, imaging technology, in the early uh, 1990s, we were learned even more about brain activity during REM. Researchers, as I turn the page, found that certain areas of the brain are extremely active during REM sleep, uh, even more active than when we're awake. Studies have shown that certain visual areas of the human cortex, which decode complex visual scenes, are significantly more active during REM sleep. Intense activity has been observed in the limbic, oh boy, limbic system, which is a set of structures heavily involved in human emotion. So a lot of these things like nightmares, you know how we, we wake up sometimes and you're, you're uh, frightened by uh, like a nightmare or something. Uh, that's uh, part of this, what occurs during uh, REM sleep. You, you actually have these emotions of your dreams. So you're being visually stimulated, and uh, this also is transferred to your emotions as well. So sometimes you wake up scared, sometimes you wake up, uh, you know, feeling good, sometimes, you know, exhausted. People have woken up exhausted, like they, they've really worked or something, but it, have not. It's just because of their sleep. So um, anyways, another fact, number nine, animals and dreams. We can't be 100% sure because we don't talk to animals, that animals dream in a similar way humans do, but they do enter a state of REM sleep. REM sleep occurs in all mammals, although it, in, it excludes egg-laying egg monotremes of Australia, so basically platypuses and so forth. Uh, the sentinel, sentinel hypothesis of REM sleep, which is put forward by Frederick Snyder in 1966, uh, proposed that uh, many animals wake up immediately after entering REM sleep, and leading him to uh, infer that the process is used as a defense mechanism. So anyways, I guess we have our guests on the line, and we'll get back to uh, some of these dream things that we were talking about before. So joining us now is uh, Victoria Bell. Uh, Victoria, are you there? Yes, I'm here. Hi, how are you? <laughs> Fine, how are you? Really good. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, no problem. Uh, you have a pleasant voice, by the way, Victoria. Thank you very much for joining us. Thank you. I appreciate it. It's a pleasure to be here. So um, you've got a new movie coming out. Yes, it's called Air of the Witch. We yep. have been working on this for the last three and a half years. It's been a challenging road and a lot of um, obstacles were in our way, like COVID, the pandemic, oh, and yeah. but we did manage to complete it all. And now it's ready to be showcased to the whole world. And so what is your background in film? I'm originally from Republic of Moldova. It's a smaller country in Eastern Europe. It's bordering to Romania and Ukraine. But I came here to the States about 18 years ago, and I've been calling this country my home ever since. 
Mm-hmm. And I started film about 10 to 12 years ago when I started into some classes in acting. I just started with a, a short class in Meisner. And then I loved it so much that I started to get involved in projects for students and short projects, short films. And I would volunteer to work on any aspect, be it on the crew or on a cast or anything, because it was such a pleasure to be on a set anytime. And mm-hmm. that led me to work on my own short films, which I ended up directing and putting together a team. And I'll do the whole project. And then I said that eventually I'm ready to make my own feature film. And I wasn't completely ready and I didn't know what I was doing at the time. Um, but I, I figured it out on the way. And that was a challenge and a journey in itself that it gave me so much confidence to be able to make more movies. And it, it gave me the direct answers to myself that this is what I want to do. I want to make films for the rest of my life because my heart is so happy when I'm on a set production. That's that's pretty cool. I mean, uh, I, I I do paranormal investigation research. Have done for twenty five years. I started out actually as doing a uh, a TV show for an, uh, a uh, a local access, and and that's you know it's it's an a jury, It's a really enjoyable experience. It's a lot of work. It's a tremendous amount of work. Most people don't realize it, but uh, especially back in my days, it was analog, so it was even worse. I mean, at least you have digital now. But, uh, you know, yes, it's a very satisfying career, and I I wish you the best of luck with it. Thank you. And I actually volunteered, too, in the local TV access uh, in here in the Carolinas. Um, Ah. But making my own feature film and putting together the the team and being the leader of the team mm-hmm. has been a challenging in itself but it's been so much work like i like you said it it takes so much work that we as humans never really understand that until we are part of a film production and mm-hmm. now being being part of a film for so long and understanding the all the work all the pieces that go behind the film it, it's so many details from color grading to sound editing to location to props to actors there's so many details to be able to complete a picture so now when i go to the movies i actually stay till the end to watch the credits even (laughs) if i don't know those people i know the work they had to put into a production and i stand up to salute them all for their hard work and for putting literally their heart into it because this industry is a hard industry to be in and it's very competitive and very um it takes a while to get the rewards right it took me three and a half years to make this movie now hopefully the next movie will be faster because now i know exactly the road to get it completed fast um and Mm -hmm. we also have other challenges you know like the pandemic so we couldn't foresee that and we couldn't avoid that Um, but now moving forward i will definitely have a faster turnaround on my production but that in itself taught me to appreciate films and movies so much and everyone involved in the film production yeah i know like when we used to we did our thing we were on uh not only the local access tv we were on the first commercial tv as well with the first paranormal ghost hunting show And, and what we would do always at the end of the show we would uh run like b footage of of different investigations and play the music and run the run the the uh credits then so people were still 
curious of what was going on in the background. But yeah, I agree. Those people work hard on the show and, you know, the sound, people are doing sound or people are doing uh, editing or whatever it is. They, they work extremely hard for the show. And, and it's very tedious, uh, like I said, especially back in my day on analog, but I'm sure it's the same now with, with uh, digital. <laughs> but a little bit. The, um, you come, what was the name of the country you came from? Republic of Moldova. Oh yeah, okay, Moldova. Yeah, I know what that is. Yeah, uh, I, my parents came from uh, Poland. Not my parents. My grandparents came from Poland, which is uh, kind of in your neck of the woods. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, uh, we're so. This is based on your grandmother, who was uh, a witch in Moldova. Yes. So my paternal grandmother was an actual witch and she was a pretty terrifying witch uh at least that's how i remember her mm -hmm. um when i was about four or five years old maybe a little younger maybe a little older i don't ex remember the exact time frame but we went to visit uh my grandmother and um well just to back up a little bit my parents separated and divorced when i was a year and a half old so oh. I did not grow up with that part of the family. Like with my father's side of the family, we lost touch and we did not keep in touch for the reason because my grandmother was intentionally placing curses and witchcraft on our family. And she oh, wow. intentionally said that she created this uh, witchcraft to create the discomfort and the arguments and the um, tremendous stress in our family so she can separate my dad and my mom. Um, but so I can't speak to that exactly because I think everyone should take responsibilities for their actions. But what happened to me personally is that when I went there to visit when I was about five or six years old, I um, we went to visit actually my aunt and my grandmother asked me to come in and sit down in her in her living room. And she sat me on a chair and she said, I'm going to do a protection spell for you for the road so that you can be protected and i was a child and i i was thinking that as her being an adult she'll have my best interest in mind and i had to exactly. kind of trust her right and just allow her to do whatever she was saying that she was going to do and um what she did actually she took a a, a pan like a bowl that was a metal and she started putting liquid stuff in there and she started putting little like metals and I couldn't see it. Like I'm a, I'm a child. Um, and I don't see what she's doing there on top of my head, but I can hear all this weird sounds. And then she starts to whisper. And at first I wasn't paying attention, but then when I started to pay attention, she was saying the most ferocious things that I've ever, ever heard. And it, she was talking about taking the blood of the animals and to, uh, put certain things on me to act like those animals. And it was terrifying. Oh. And I remember in my own mind of a child, I said, Victoria, just don't listen to this. As long as you're not going to let you comprehend the fullness of this terrifying word, you'll be okay. But even though I was closing my eyes and I was trying to protect myself not to hear those words, like her whispers were piercing through my head and my ears. And my sister walked in then and she grabbed me and she, we left. Like I was literally terrified. And in just that, that moment, um, it was a moment where afterwards I left and I felt this energy 
and it was this presence around me that would follow me. And sometimes at night, it was just terrifying, and I'd feel it. It was different. It was very different. It was very present. Um, was it visual at all, Victoria? No, it was not visual at all, but the presence itself, like I felt it in the room, and yeah. it would follow like I was in uh, Moldova at the time and I went to school there and then high school, but I went to college in Romania. And I remember, and it's been an ongoing battle that I had to work with it myself and in my own prayers, in my direct relationship with God and uh, strong prayers, I was able to actually remove this energy. I would tell it that it's now longer welcome here, that I'm protected, that I'm guided and then I'm safe. And I would ask it to leave. And it kept coming back. And when I was little, it was even worse. It was terrifying nightmares. But as I grew up older and I started this battle, going on battle, um, it started to happen less and less frequently. Um, and the last time I, it happened, it was in second year of college. So I was an adult at the time. I could no longer mistake it. I could no longer say that, oh, this is something in my own imagination as a child. No, I knew exactly what it was. And for me, it created that distinct understanding that there mm -hmm. is darkness and there is light. And I chose to uh, fight that and to push it away from me. But it's still, that fear was instilled in me, in my heart, and it, it followed me. And I've been ashamed to admit it all my life until I sat down to write a script. And I said, what's the script I'm going to write? I'm going to write where it hurts. I'm going to write from the most authentic painful and honest place in my heart and that is the fear that followed through from my own childhood until my adulthood and I that's what it was based on it was inspired based on my grandmother but then of course mm -hmm. I did add a lot of twist and a lot of yeah. um, fiction right like as a writer right. as a creator you have to write a lot of fiction as well yeah. so it's actually a very fun story I love it because it's a different type of a horror movie it's i would like to think so because it's my own style um i brought a little bit of psychology and mystery in it and i broke the rules so to speak a little bit in terms of writing in terms of filmmaking and i wanted to create my own style and to come in authentically me as i see that story to unfold now i want to go back to your grandmother for one instance because you, you know i live in New England, and uh, we have Salem, Massachusetts, which is the witch city here in Massachusetts. And <laughs> excuse me, everybody thinks it's it's very cool to be witch, and you know, witches aren't really thought of here in Massachusetts as uh, evil or anything. By uh, now, that's non-religious people. By those, you know, certain if you, mm -hmm. you're deep religious, then you, you still believe it. But so you're saying that is. Is that same in, instance in, in Moldavia, are, are all witches evil or, or are they like good witches and bad witches? So, right. So I've heard that too. And I've had, um, I've realized <laughs> that, that lately a lot of uh, um, influx, so to say, so to say of witches and there's women who call themselves good witches that they use their powers to do good. And I do not know and I cannot speak of that. And I respect mm -hmm. everyone and their uh, own um, traditions and whatever they want to embrace. You know, it's everyone's choice. I know right. for me personally, my grandmother was not a good witch because she would use 
literally my sister and my mother would tell me that they would come home and they will step on, um, let's say, animals, dead animals that you will cut their heads off and tie oh. it in red ties and put it under the carpet or under in the corners or where we would touch it. And then she would bring over and bring us food and we will never ever accept it because we knew that she had put something in it that it will make you, um, uh, let's say she would put a, a head of a dock, right? At the peak of the dock. And then mm-hmm. if you step on it or if you touch it, then it will make that person to crave alcohol like a dock craves water. Oh, wow. um, and there is like, so the intention behind it was never positive. The intention behind it was that to hurt people, to harm them, to separate them, to cause extreme pain and anguish. So the, yeah. my with my grandmother was not a positive one. Now, I do know that a lot of women call themselves witches in America, not in Moldova. Yeah. In Moldova, if, you, if you're called a witch in Moldova, then, um, you know, then, then you you choose if you want to actually interact or if you want to associate with that. Now, a lot of people still go to them to ask for certain things to be done in their family or in business or, and I do not know. And I cannot speak of that. Like I cannot, I'm not um, criticizing it, right. I'm Mm -hmm. not criticizing at all, whichever practices women do as witches, but I only speak of my own experience. And I know that from my own personal experience, that that energy was dark, that energy was heavy. And I did not welcome it and it terrified me. And I chose to go directly to God and to pray and to rebuke that energy from my life and from my room and from my house and my soul. And it became very clear to me that there was a distinct heaviness to that energy and there was a distinct lightness when it wasn't around. What religion are you, Victoria? I am Christian Orthodox. Okay, cool. The, uh, the, the old Christian Orthodox, like, um, there, it's in Ukraine and Russia and all, a lot of Eastern European. Yeah, Orthodox, Orthodox right. Yeah, yeah the, uh, do you find that your religion helps protect you from this darkness? I, so, so this is the thing. I'm going to say something that my family probably not appreciate. Um, so I grew up in church on my on my mother's side, right? We're all uh, religious. But when I was younger, religion and church was kind of a tradition where we went and did because that's what we grew up to do. Right. But in my own battle, in my own battle with that darkness, I got to know God personally. And mm-hmm. I no longer associate God with their religion and the church exactly as I grew up to see it. And, and I want to apologize. I respect my faith so much and I love it. It's a beautiful faith. It's the oldest Christian faith in the world. Um, it's the original, right? So I, and I am so proud to say that I'm Christian Orthodox and I try my best to, um, to follow the rules, but they're very strict. And, and I admit that, but, in not being able to follow the rules and not being able to follow the exact tradition, the exact steps, I did not hold myself back from having a personal relationship with God. So when I call on God, I no longer think of him as the man in the sky with a big beard that's going to be so judgmental of my sin. No, the way I see God is that 
Victoria, I'm going to have to interrupt you because the big guy with the beard is telling me we have to take a break right now. So can you hold on? We'll continue this. Uh, okay, sounds good. You're listening to Ghost Chronicles Next Generation. Our guest is Victoria Bell. We'll be right back after the following messages right here on Tojanet. Do you have a paranormal event, book, or something else you want people to know about? Then why not advertise it on Ghost Chronicles Radio? With over 150,000 downloads a month, get your message out to an audience that's interested in the subject. We have a plan at a cost that fits your needs. For more information, contact Ron Kolick at anyghostproject at comcast.net or call 978-455-6678. Hello. Hello, can you hear me? My name is Harry Price. I am speaking to you via the medium of the Ghost Box. Many of you will know I carried out the first live radio broadcast from Haunted House way back in 1936 for the BBC. Now, thanks to the wonders of modern technology, I am still able to keep abreast of 21st century ghost hunting by listening to Ghost Chronicles International on Togginet, Parax Radio, The Ghost Channel, and even on something called a podcast. Two splendid chaps host it. One is an American who calls himself New England's own Van Helsing, although I have discovered his real name is Ron Kolek. The other is Stephen Parsons, and he's a paranormal scientist. Well, mustache, I'm required elsewhere on something called a K2. But don't forget, I'll be listening in every Tuesday from 8 o'clock in Great Britain and 3 o'clock on the American Eastern Seaboard. I trust you will join me there. And we are back. You are listening to Ghost Chronicles Next Generation with Ron Kolick right here on Tojanet, brought to you by Circles of Wisdom, 286 Merrick Street, Bethune, Massachusetts, the Gallant Messier Family Law Group, 15 High Street, North Andover, Massachusetts, and our very good friends on Ghost Chronicles Radio on Patreon, become a member and help support the show. And of course, that was the theme to Van Helsink. And our special guest today is writer and uh, director. Victoria Bell, uh, with her new film, Heir of the Witch. Heir to the Witch. Heir to the Witch. Ah, I always screw up. Anyways, Victoria, you there? Yes, I'm here. Did I get it wrong? I did. I did. Heir. Heir of the Witch, as an ex of kin. Family. Yes. That's my my New England accent. (laughs) I love it. (laughs) Anyway, if... If somebody wants to find out more about this uh, um, film, uh, is there a website they can go to? And also, where is it available? Yeah, so you, they can go to uh, our website. It's www.airofthewitch.com. 
or they can go on our Instagram to contact us directly to get in touch with us. But the movie will be available streaming worldwide starting August 4th. So it will be on Amazon, on uh, iTunes, and all other um, platforms for streaming. But um, we also have a red carpet premiere. If you're local to the Carolinas, We'll have it at the Stone Theater. So if you look on Fandango and just search for Air of the Witch, we'll have a, a red carpet premiere next Wednesday, August the 2nd. Um, but if you can, if you're not local to North Carolina, I understand if we're on a big podcast now. Um, but it will be available for streaming all platforms and all platforms starting August 4th. Excellent. Excellent. Now, just before the break, before I so rudely interrupted you, uh, you were talking about your religion, and so we, I asked you if your religion protected you from this, uh, I guess it's a curse. Uh, was it, it's not really a curse. Was it just a darkness that was around you, or was it really a curse? I, I do not know what was exactly. I, I know that I got protected by choosing to call mm -hmm. on to the help of God. Um, and I don't know if it's exactly the, the actual religion or, but I know that it was my connection of God that protected me. Okay. Um, but in terms of the curse, so my grandmother, before she passed away, I've, I've learned this from my family that it took her years to battle, to pass away because she couldn't release her soul because she actually had to pass that curse to someone else. She had to pass that gift of witchcraft and it had to be in the family. Uh -oh. And it had to be accepted by the other person. And it was an ongoing battle. So when she did finally pass away, we were wondering who did she pass it to? And we still don't know. Like, we don't stay in touch with that side of the family, but I'm still very curious to know who could have potentially agreed to that um, passing of the witchcraft gift. So it's still there. Or maybe nobody agreed. I don't know. I, I can't speak of it. But I do know that it, she was battling for years. So it's something that you have to accept. It's not like something that can be pushed on you. From my understanding, you, you have to accept it and you also have to feel it, the actual, like you have to catch it by being around it and hearing the witchcraft stories and the, I'm sorry, the spells. So uh -huh. you have to, like it's, it's, a, it's in the energy field and you have to accept it and grab it and steal that gift. But it has to be an energetic understanding and, and agreement. Okay. That would make sense because that's one of the key things that humans have, and, and that's free will. Uh, you know, we, I always believe in that, that that's the one thing that we do have. So like even... Uh, you know, we, we have ghosts and stuff we talk about and people that, like mediums say they send them to the light. Well, you know, you, you can't really send them. I believe it. I believe it's it's free will or that they want to go or not. So I, yeah. I think free, free will is important. It is always important. And that's the choice we have. Right. And that's uh, the theme of the movie as well. So the movie is around uh, Anna, a seamstress, that she's trying to be accepted in this high society. And the spirit of her grandmother that passed away, it's lurking around and it's impacting all her decisions. And somehow everyone she interacts with, they end up terribly hurt or dead. 
Um, mm. Not to give away too much, but just a tiny bit of a breadcrumb there. Um, mm -hmm. But yet, what is Anna choosing? Because she has powers. She has the choice. But the theme of the movie is that our choice is ours. We have the free will. But what we choose has consequences. Right. Always aware of that. And I also realized through making this movie that we are all creators, right? We have that power. Like we can speak with each other and we can um, speak positively. And I can speak with you right now and tell you how great listener you are and uh, what a positive feeling I have by speaking with you. Or I can bring a negative energy around it and impact you somehow. So mm -hmm. we as human, we're creators and we can impact the world around us and how we choose to show up, how we choose to speak and how we all have power. We're all creators. You can be a creator, powerful creator, or you can be a witch or whichever you choose to be. But how you choose that energy and what do you do with it and how are you going to impact the world around you? Because yeah. all your choices have a consequence. It makes sense. It makes sense a, a lot to me. Now, I noticed, I think it was in the trailer, that there was a, a book that was in there. Did your grandmother have a book that she worked out of, or is that just a, a prop you used? Um, I, I don't know of her having a book that she had to use. Um, now that I know of, I think she was working more of elements, like um, animals and um, or she, if let's say if she was, a, if there was a person that died in the village, she would mm -hmm. go there to steal something from the person that died. Oh, from wonderful. Them. Like she would take actual items that carried energy with them that she could impact people. Um, but the book itself, I just, it kind of came to me as a writing. When I was writing, it's just, I had to bring an element that ties the whole story together. Um, and I actually had to do it myself. I made that book. <laughs> oh, that's it's so cool looking. I have to give you that credit. That's it's very cool looking. Thank you. Thank you. I did a lot of research. I had to. I, I've learned so much in the process of the movie. I had to make sure mm -hmm. that I keep my energy clean at all times. Yeah, I would imagine. <laughs> so, is there? Does Anna use counter spells at all, or or, or is this she does not use counter spells? So Anna's very powerful. You know, she has the, because she is an heir of the witch. So she has those powers that was transmitted to her as from the bloodline. But if she's choosing to use them or not, that's yet to be seen in the movie. Okay. So she's, it's more of the free will aspect of the, the yeah. Okay. Yeah. We'll so, see if she has free will also. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it's an interesting plot, and I've read, you know, of course, you sent me the press kit, and it has the plot in it, which was, I, I thought it was interesting uh, quite a bit. And, I mean, it, it takes a lot of work to put together, uh, and also a, a great deal of money as well on some of this equipment and everything else. So, I mean, was it yeah. difficult to finance the, the uh, movie? Um, it was more difficult than I thought so because once we started to go into pre-production, we had a lot of people interested. Uh, mm -hmm. Once I had the script and the pitch deck and the business plan, um, but then COVID happened. Right once yeah. I was ready to film, 
the world pandemic happened and everybody got very protective of their funds and money. And the people who were ready to write a check on Thursday, that by next week, they changed their mind. And I had to find ways to make a really good quality movie with way less funds that I originally planned on making. We still had um, two investors that were okay to come on board and we did uh, make a great agreement with them. And I'm very grateful but it was way more difficult than I originally intended to be. And I'm actually looking back now, I'm glad because that's when the true filmmaker comes to life. When you have to make a, the movie, everybody who's seen the movie says that it it looks like it's a, you know, a high quality movie. And we did not cut corners on quality on the sound, on, on the picture, on the actors. And, um, to make a good quality movie with the funds, the, the limited funds that we had, that is an art in itself. Oh, yeah. I, I, I It's difficult. Like I said, you know, I it just, people don't know that like, the hidden costs for everything. And, you know, they think, oh, you just get somebody to do it. It's like, no, 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 no. You know, you got to pay this, you got to pay that. It's, it's you know, it's, it's not e- easy at all. So I give you great credit for that. Thank you. It's every minute on set is expensive because mm-hmm. you have everybody from all the departments, the makeup department every day shows up. I had anywhere from 12 to 15 people a day in makeup alone. Yeah, anybody from locations, everybody from props, everybody from actors, everybody shows up. You have to pay them. You have to feed them. You have to pay for the locations. And if something happens, let's say rain or schedule changes, you have to be flexible enough and adapt to the new conditions because they weren't foreseeable, right? Like uh, we had a major storm coming through on one of our major scenes and I had to adjust. I had to change things real quick so I can still film that day and get the right footage of the actors and the team that I have at hand. And you have to remember flexible and you can't stop because like I said every minute on set is very expensive you're paying anywhere from 80 to 100 people on a daily basis you have to make sure that every minute is counted for yeah where was the the most of this film shot in the Carolinas so we have some shots in Charlotte in uh, North Carolina, we have in Waxhaw, in Shelby, a few shots in South Carolina, all downtown. We've been several locations because we have locations that we had to film to look somehow as Moldova and mm-hmm. some as America. So we had to combine the old and the new and her backstory and flashbacks and the new new life. So it's it, from that perspective, it was a bit difficult to find a location that actually resonates with what we were looking for. And I was very fortunate to find a home that was um, in the middle of a renovation. So we stripped it down to the walls and then we redecorate everything down to the oh, napkin wow. so that it looks Moldovan and all the um, decor and the tradition, it all looks Moldovan, true and authentic. See, that's that's the good thing about where you came from there. So therefore, you, you you know, it's much more authentic than someone who like someone American uh, that just wrote this 
and chose Romania or Moldova or Poland as a location and never grew up there. They don't know what it really is like there. They just, you know, guessing at it, basically. Yes, and I have to ask for a lot of favors because those traditional items and carpets or um, towels or portraits or uh, ceramic art or anything that was of decor and set design, mm -hmm. it's so rare and it's so expensive. It is so expensive to get just a simple uh, embroidered towel that would go around the icons of Moldova or would go around the tables or the plates. And it had to, I had to ask a lot of family and friends, like, please just borrow some of these items to me. I'll take great care of it. And then I'll return them. Obviously, I would pay, you know, I'll offer a fee, a rental fee. Mm -hmm. uh, but to find those items and to create an authentic space that resembles Moldova in a foreign country, that was a challenge in itself. I would imagine. I just, I just, you know, like I said, it's because it's, it's authentic, which is great. Uh, but uh, so are you planning on, uh, would you describe this as, as a horror film? It is horror film, but it's not a traditional with jump scares and the, um, you know, like flashing everybody where it's more mm -hmm. of a yeah. psychological horror. It's more of a heavy, think Midsommar, where you have to follow through and see what all this leading to. And of course, there is some bloody horror scenes where it has to be because the witch likes that to do it that way <laughs> but uh i try to create my own style so to speak where i get a little bit of my own creativity and then actually let some of the movies from the soviet times from russian times and then embrace them and combine them with the western world and uh the modern american movies so i let my own style and my own take on the film to, to show the print, my own print in the filmmaking world. And I hope that I achieve that. And I hope that the audience will see that. Yeah, I'm trying to see it myself. Uh, the, are you planning on continuing with that uh, genre in your next film? No, actually I have an open array of movies that I have written. My next film actually is a psychological thriller so there's no horror in it it's psychological thriller think mostly like american psycho with uh fight club and basic instincts so it's a genre that it has um a lot of psychological events and mm -hmm. breadcrumbs but it also has a lot of passion and uh, lost in it. Um, so that's my next movie. It's called Five. Five that stands for five murders. Um, and then I have a love story, a romance love story that I like to do as well. Oh, that's a shift. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, so, so my I don't keep myself in one genre. Um, I love horror and I love it that it provides me the ability to make a good movie on a low budget. So when I made the movie and I chose genre movie to be horror because also of the limited funds so i said I'll, I'll go in the horror yes i can write horror i can direct horror um, but i can also direct drama and thrillers and 
sci-fi. You know, after I after I did film my movie, I was uh, producing a pilot that's a sci-fi pilot. I worked on another production, that, well, another horror movie. But I do, I do keep my slate open and my imagination and my taste and my uh, storytelling is wide and open to all genres, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, about 25 years ago, uh, when I first was on radio, uh, I had this, uh, like you, you know, up and coming movie producer who did the film uh, Bell Witch Haunting, which is, uh, you know, about our American witch. And uh, it, it was kind of interesting. Uh, yeah. Both of them showed them in different lights that these are your traditional American witches that, you know, that like, uh, you know, they're, they're, for now, you know, everybody, witchcraft nowadays is so romanticized that, you know, all we, we do good because we, we believe in the threefold law, you know, whatever you do comes back three times. So that's why yeah. we only do good, yada, yada, yada. But uh, there is some evil out there and uh, you have to deal with it. And by doing a film like this, it actually exposes that that evil, which is still out there. Yeah, yeah, it's, just, it's very true. It became very clear to me. There is, you know, it's very clear. There is the energy of goodness and lightness, and then there is the energy of darkness. And whatever you want to call it, um, we don't have to define it as God versus evil. We don't have to define it in any terms. We can just feel it and know that what you want to put out there, it will multiply. It will have a ripple effect. And make sure that whatever you do out there with your thoughts, your creative powers with your actions that they multiplies in good this this film when when you were making it must have brought up stirred memories in your mind when you were a child and it must have been difficult for you yes it did it it, it was a bit of a a journey um because some of the scenes because i was playing the lead role as well the actress and oh uh, yes, and uh, that's where it was the challenging part for me because I remembered and I took myself back there in those moments of nightmare, of terror, of complete fear. And the crew and the team would feel it too. They'd feel that it was authentic. It wasn't pretending it. I was mm-hmm. taking myself back to those moments of complete fear and then I'd have to reassure myself and find myself in a safe space and um, bring lightness back into my heart um, but it was challenging as an actor to go back into that emotions and to remember it and to try to relive it without it completely let it overcome you in yeah, that sense that, yeah I mean that's I you know I, I was just thinking as a writing and directing point of view but as acting it's got to be three times as hard and, uh yeah to relive everything and actually express that in front of the camera it's yeah, yeah. It i, get, I give you credit healing. what were you saying victoria <laughs> it was also healing it was a healing energy as well a mm-hmm. healing process because by talking about it and being open about this 
fear and traumatic events that happened to me, by speaking about it and putting a light on it, it actually made me realize how much stronger I am now that I overcome it. It was, it was a challenging process, but it also was a very healing process, which is why a lot of people who, let's say, uh, they've been battling some type of a trauma in their childhood, either was abuse or it was something that was trauma or big T I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. And if they find the courage to write a book or to tell someone that they trust, they will find it that by revealing that emotion and by being vulnerable, they become stronger because now they're bigger than that pain and they overcome it slowly with a safe environment. You can overcome your biggest fears, your biggest trauma. If you first acknowledge it, you're, you're gentle with yourself and you speak with someone in a safe space. And if you have the courage to write about it, to make art, to make a movie, to write a poem, then you are, I salute you for being so courageous to speak up from your heart. Even when there was fear or there was pain, you speak and that's how you bring light into your heart, into the world. Well put, well put. Now, have your family seen the movie at all? <laughs> so they only seen the, the trailer. Uh, when I started to watch the movie, they were very much against it. They were saying, why would you do that? You put a shame to us. People know that our grandmother was a witch. We're trying to hide that. We're trying to... And I said, you know what? Our grandmother's action does not impact who we are as people. Exactly. Everybody makes their choices, and their actions do not reflect on us. And it's okay. Like, the story and the theme behind it, it's not to, to encourage people to do bad. It's actually to tell people that you have a choice. That's the theme of the movie. Um, and, and then slowly they've seen how much hard work I put into this movie. It's been a three and a half years of working hard and challenges and n- nights that I wasn't sleeping and I was wondering how I'm going to complete it all. And now to finally be here, and once they saw the trailer and saw that it's really good, high quality, they realized that this is not just um, a hobby. This is not just a a fun project I worked on that I actually poured my heart into. I put so much hard work into it that now they respect it and they're fully supportive of my journey as a filmmaker and as actually as a storyteller to be able to tell the deepest parts of my heart. That's excellent. Yeah, I, I mean, if I was your family, I'd be proud of you. <laughs> Thank you. That, that's for sure. Because I, I, like I said, I know what just judging from my own experiences, how much work it is and how, and, but to draw in personal experience like you did, it's, it's, it's uh, difficult. Huh, I just realized this, your last name is Bell. And of course the first movie I did with, on the show was the Bell Witch. <laughs> <laughs> it was meant to be, or meant to be ooh, on this ooh, Spooky. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Victoria, anything else you'd like to add? Once again, can you tell people where they can get this movie and, and where they can find out, you know, give us more, imp- get more information about it? Thank you. Of course. Uh, the movie is called Air of the Witch. It's H-E-I-R of the Witch. Um, please get in touch with me. I want to see, after you see the movie, you'll see it either on Amazon or iTunes on all streaming platforms either just go online and just search air of the witch 
uh, starting August 4th. It will be available on all streaming platforms. Um, after you watch it, I encourage you to watch it again because you will find breadcrumbs and you will find Easter eggs planted everywhere that at the end you'll see it. Oh my God, I didn't see it, but there it was. So I love those type of psychological twists where you thought you're going on one journey and then you find out you're in a completely different city. So I want to encourage the audience to relax, take a seat back, be have fun on watching the movie, and then reach out to me. I want to hear your thoughts. I want to hear your feedback. Um, you can either go onto our website, airofthewitch.com. You can either write me on my Instagram. It's also Air of the Witch. Or my personal Instagram is Victoria underscore filmmaker, Victoria Filmmaker. Um, and get in touch with me, either if you're a film lover or you're creative yourself or a storyteller. I'd love to connect with you. And I'd love to hear what's your thoughts on the movie. So that's what I'm well, doing. Well, thank you, I'm, Victoria. I'm doing you. I'm doing we are out of time. Out of, out <laughs> of time, you so young lady. <laughs> so thank <laughs> you very you, much. Thank you for having me. Yeah, thank you very much. You've been listening to Ghost Chronicles Next Generation. My special guest today has been Victoria Bell, uh, director, producer, no, director, writer, and actors in uh, Air to the Witch. Check it out. Uh, till next time, good night and God bless everyone. Take care and check out, please check out her uh, website. Thank you. Thank you so much. to ghosties, long-leggedy beasties, and things that go bump in the night. Deliver us, good Lord.